Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look how you can leverage conservation easements in your overall wealth strategy. My guest in this episode is Ernest Nesmith. Ernest brings over 15 years of financial services experience that include wealth management, insurance planning, and tax consulting. Ernest leverages the experience gained working in the corporate divisions of three Fortune 100 companies that include Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, and T-I-A-A-C-R-E-F, as well as working independently as a financial advisor. In today's show, we will discuss land conservation easements and how to utilize this vehicle as an incredibly powerful vehicle to reduce taxes legally as part of an overall wealth strategy. A land conservation easement is a land preservation agreement between a landowner and a qualified land protection organization in which the landowner donates qualified land under the Internal Revenue Code section 170H, and in exchange may receive a federal income tax deduction in the amount equal to the value of their donation. The tax deduction is determined by determining the current value of the land and subtracting that number from the value of the land at its highest and best use. These numbers are determined after a thorough examination by a qualified appraiser. So how much can one deduct from your income. As of December 2015, a person may deduct up to 50% of their income using this strategy. This is a vehicle that accredited investors can utilize and has been extremely powerful uh, to reduce the taxes of W-2 wage earners. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info at to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. If you are in the Philadelphia, Bucks and Southern New Jersey area, we're also hosting live investors meetup events every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly live events and information on how to join us at our next live event, you can go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Ernest, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing today? Great, great, great. Thank you so much for connecting uh, and coming on the show. And uh, I figured before we jump into today's topic, if you could share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I've been in the financial services industry for about 18 years, started off in banking. Uh, worked for a small regional bank in Central Bank and 
eventually moved my way up to bank uh, to another Fortune, you know, 100 bank, and uh, been in the field primarily as a financial advisor, uh, working in areas of trying to help people to grow their assets. And um, I just found that over the years, it's, I sleep a little better at night, showing people how to actually keep the money that they are already making. Because as you become more affluent, that becomes more important than just, you know, trying to grow your money with, with other investments. Now, the topic that we were going to dive in today is is conservation easement, an area of uh, specialty for you. Um, now, mm-hmm. most of my listeners might not have heard of conservation easements before. Can you please share a little bit more about what conservation what, what what they are and uh, sure. kind of uh, put it in a historical perspective for us too of where they came from. Sure. So first of all, conservation easements are not new. Most people think that it's just a recent, you know, a recent phenomenon or a recent strategy. And the way that's currently being used has been around for about 40 years since the mid seventies, mid eighties. Um, during that time period, there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, struggle going on for farmers during that time. And as a consequence, a lot of those farmers were selling out their farms to commercial developers. And as a result, we had a lot of urban sprawl happening throughout the country. And the government wanted to slow that down. Obviously, we don't want to use up our natural resources uh, too quickly. So what the government said is that if you give up your right to build build on that land commercially forever, we'll give you a financial benefit by the way of a tax deduction. And the way that they determined that is that you would have to take what the current value of that land at that time um, and subtract it what the, what, from what the value of that land would be if that land were to be built out to its highest and best use commercially. And that can be you know, a residential community or a commercial complex or a business community or whatnot. The way that the government determined that, that deduction or how they were going to uh, create that financial benefit is that they would take the current value of the land as it is and they will subtract that from what that land or the value of that land would be at its highest and best use so for example if somebody owned a thousand acres of land that was worth a million dollars as is but they determined that if you were to build this land out to say a residential community it would be worth six million dollars that five million dollar gap between those two numbers it's a deduction that uh, the government allows you to take. And if you're a full-time farmer, you were able to take a 100% deduction off of your income in that particular year. And uh, obviously had a little bit of care for it as well for the following years. And fast forward to um, more recent years, they allow not only farmers to do this, but individuals who own land as well, not necessarily a farmer, to do the same type of deduction. And at uh, in Previously, you could only deduct up to 30% of your income if you were not a farmer. But since that time, they've enhanced it to allow up to 50%. So uh, somebody can conceivably deduct 50% of their taxable income using this strategy, and um, which will obviously allow you to save a, a boatload of money in taxes. What is the uh, time frame? So, for instance, using that example, right? So, it's a, a million dollars worth is the, the land. Um, but if they were to convert it for commercial use, it would be worth uh, six million, right? So, there's five million. What is the time period that you can draw, draw that down and deduct uh, that five million dollars? So, right now, the way the law is currently structured, you can carry forward that deduction up to 15 years. 
um, that's how long you have to, to, to use it up. And that's that's really huge in, in our industry to have a deduction that that's that big and then also allow you to carry it forward up to 15 years. So uh, you can kind of imagine that's uh, going to save you a lot of money year after year. Yeah, absolutely. That $5 million over over the course of 15, 15 years. And then it, it, it expires after that, right? And can it be terminated right. in any way? I mean, within that, that time frame, is there any, any threat or any, um, I would say, situations that something like this could be terminated? Well, typically, um, just like any other uh, tax return, when you're doing these, these uh, conservation easements, there's a, a three-year window in which uh, the government or the IRS could, could actually audit um, the, the conservation easement and determine that the deduction is not as high as it could, you know, as high as it, as you stated. Um, but in general, um, about 10% of these projects are audited a year. Um, so it's, it's the chance or the likelihood of that happening on a regular basis is pretty slim. As long as you dot all your I's and cross all your T's and make sure the documentation is, is really good. Um, and then there's another component to this as well, is that uh, when you're doing these valuations, they have to be done by a certified appraiser, typically typically a commercial appraiser. And that appraiser has to be somebody that is uh, highly certified and somebody that um, is familiar with conservation easements and can defend it numbers if need be. So you'd mentioned, obviously, the risk of, of auditing um, and these projects, projects being audited. What are some of the other risk factors in conservation easements? Um, and maybe you can speak to the legal and legislative environment, too, because it seems sure. very volatile uh, everywhere, really, globally, as of late. Yeah, so, well, and, and I'm going to back up as well, is that um, the, the, I guess the misconception is that uh, for one, before we even go into the audit part of it, is that you, you don't necessarily have to be a landowner to yourself to actually get involved in conservation easements. You can actually buy into somebody else's uh, project and, uh, and partake of that deduction the same way the landowner does. Obviously, there's a couple other steps involved in that to, to kind of make that happen. Um, but um, you don't necessarily have to be a landowner. That's, that's number one. Um, number two is as it relates to um, the, the legal environment, um, every now and then, I would say probably every two to three years, um, the IRS or our government will come up with some other hoop for us to jump, uh, for people to jump through to, to complete this conservation easement. And typically, uh, it's something like where we have to either provide more, more data, um, something extra on the appraisal. Uh, last year, the, these became what's known as a listed product, meaning that you have to actually list that you were involved in a conservation easement if the deduction was higher than two and a half times your investment. Um, and, you know, that's something that happens from, from year to year. Now, the, the kind of interesting thing that happened is that uh, our current president has been doing conservation easements for the last 15 years before prior to him getting into office. And therefore, his deductions were really huge, and he, he didn't pay a lot of money in taxes as compared to his income. And because of that, that caused a little bit of undue stress on the industry because that's when they required these things to become a listed transaction as a way of getting him to show his tax returns, which, of course, he still hasn't really done recently. Um, 
so that's that's kind of the legal environment right now. Um, we expect at some point in time they'll probably make another change where you have to actually hold the land for at least a year before you get involved in these. That's something that could come down the pipe at some point in time this year or the following year. But nevertheless, we'll be prepared for it if that does happen as well. Um, but as far as the legality of doing conservation easements, that part is not going anywhere anytime soon because there's a lot of support uh, amongst the Democrats and Republicans as it relates to conservation easements. Not only does it, uh, it does provide a, a pretty significant tax deduction, but more so, and what's most important, is that it is helping to protect our environment as well. There's a lot of resources uh, that we have in this country that we're trying to hold on to, and it's, it's kind of uh, our job as citizens to try to protect that. So um, we do a really good job of, of uh, you know, conserving a lot of land that otherwise would be developed and cause a lot of natural resources to be used up. You're listening to Ernest Smith on the Cashel Energy Podcast. We'll be right back off to a word from our sponsors. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. You're listening to Ernest Nesmith on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and I'm back to our interview. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we've all, we've said on the show before and have interviewed other experts too, you know, the taxes is, is, is basically, it's a, it's a, it's a playbook. It's a code basically of what the government want people to do with their money, right? So right. business owners get tax breaks because they're producing and creating value for the marketplace and solving problems and creating opportunities for other folks, right? Real estate right. investors get tax breaks because they're providing a massive service. Uh, quality housing, right? Which every society needs. And uh, this ties into the environmental concern that, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of areas being overdeveloped. So um, this provides, you know, the the world that we live in in a safer, uh, more uh, sustainable shape and form down down the road. So um, it's a code that, that, um, how can I say? It encourages certain behaviors, right? Um, right. As I just mentioned, we're just using those three examples. So um, we could definitely see why why the, 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 that would, would stick around and stay. Um, one of the questions that I also had, and you touched on it a little bit, is how people uh, could get and how very high net worth folks invest in these conservation easements. Um, what are some of the, the ways that they can get involved? Is there syndication structures, fund structures, direct? Uh, maybe you could share a little bit more information on that. 
Yes, yeah, sir. So there's a couple ways to, to get involved in these. Uh, one is uh, directly if you actually own land yourself that uh, could be an area where there is a possibility for conservation. Um, one needs to understand <clears throat> is that there are uh, obviously two words involved in the word conservation easement. The word conservation means that you are obviously conserving something. So if you have land that has something worth, worth conserving on it, it could be a particular species of plant or a particular animal, a uh, particular vista of view, a particular natural resource. <clears throat> if there's something worth conserving on there, it has to check off that particular box. Um, the word easement means permanent, meaning that you know once you take out a, a conservation easement on, on your land, um, that's in perpetuity. That goes on forever. Uh, so you can no longer develop that land um, commercially going forward. Now, you can do things like have a riding trail, maybe a, a park, you know, things of that such, but it just cannot be developed commercially. Now, again, if you own land that you, you want to get involved and do that yourself, um, that's something that, um, you know, somebody like myself and my company would help you do. Um, or if you don't necessarily own land and you want to get involved in a syndication, um, you can do that as well. Now, the important part to remember as it relates to syndications is that a syndication is a real estate uh, investment in its very purest form first. So when we uh, a syndication is set up, we are doing the um, uh, we're doing the the appraisal and all the planning um, to develop this land to whatever its highest and best use is. And then once we begin to uh, pull investors in at the end of uh, or once that project is actually full. Um, then the investors actually choose what they want to do with that land. If they want to develop it per the appraisal, if they want to hold it for uh, investment, for long-term investment, or if they want to conserve it. Now, these uh, say, you know, 99% of the time, people are coming into this for conservation purposes, so that's typically what's going to happen. Um, but once you get involved in that, um, that particular part of it, you are realizing the same deduction, the same way the original landowner does. And that example I gave you earlier, where even though the land was only worth $1 million, but it had like a $5 million tax deduction on it, what that essentially means is that for every dollar that you put into a project like that, you're realizing a $5 deduction for every dollar you put in. So if somebody put in $100,000, you are achieving or uh, receiving in return for that uh, a $500,000 tax deduction if the conservation option is chosen. Um, now we've had a couple in the past or a couple of people in the past that's chosen to do the development option. That's great because there's more worth their while, but um, typically have a good idea before a project is developed, what's going to happen and 99% um, of the time it's going to be conserved. And, there's going to be a, a pretty sizable tax deduction that's attached to that. So those are are the two ways that uh, people can get involved, either by the, you know, be it with their own land, or they can um, they can go through a syndication and participate in that and receive the same benefits as a landowner. And typically, somebody like ourselves at Meesmith Rogers can help you out with that part. So the returns in the investment is essentially the the tax deduction that that you're get, that you're getting. Are there any other benefits? Um, every now and then, there's a, another benefit. Like for example, if if, there, if there's a particular mineral that's found in the land that can be extracted, 
uh, for profit. Um, if, if that happens, then obviously each person that bought into it would get uh, a benefit from that based on the amount of uh, unit or percentage ownership they have in that particular project. Um, or the land can actually still be sold. Uh, now, even with it being sold, it still cannot be developed. But in some cases, you might have where, like, for example, we, years ago, uh, the Girl Scouts bought a conservation easement. Then they were going to use it for campground um, for, you know, for the for the Girl Scouts. And any financial benefit that came from that sale is filtered down to the other individuals. So on occasion, stuff like that do happen. Um, it's very rare because once you take conservation out on the land, uh, the value is diminished at that point because you can no longer develop it. Uh, but there's nothing to say that it, it can't be sold um, to another buyer for other purposes. Right. So using that example that, that we've um, used during this discussion so that that piece of land that's worth a million that uh, can be developed into its highest and best used for 6 million after 15 mm-hmm. years um, of taking that tax deduction that can then be sold to another investor or, or another uh, third party. Yeah. So typically uh, the, the, the partnership um, as it relates to the conservation easement typically winds down in about a year or two years, meaning that uh, that partnership is going to be dissolved and the land is going to be either donated to like a county, uh, sometimes it can be donated uh, via a charitable trust to a particular family for the purposes of it main- maintaining the conservation um, easement or to actually maintain the land. Um, but as far as the deduction itself goes, uh, the deduction can be rolled forward up to 15 years. So regardless of what happens with the partnership, uh, if you're a deduction, if you cannot fully use that deduction in that first year, you can roll it forward up to 15 years until you fully use that deduction. Um, as far as it being sold, typically uh, it has to be sold before the partnership is dissolved. So typically about again, like a one to two year period um, is when the partnership would dissolve. And after that point, you really have nothing else to do with that partnership other than um, keeping your deduction. And from a high-level strategic point of view, um, and this is outside of the scope of this this conversation and that we're covering today, but there are furthermore tax benefits through for that donation through that charitable trust. Exactly. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's there's a there's a lot going on there. So I was pretty excited to to talk about this with you and share some of this with my listeners. There's a there's a lot going on there. So, uh, if you have your tax professional and your tax strategist, uh, speak to them about that because there's so many moving par- uh, parts. This is a higher level strategy, um, and that uh, kind of ties into my next question, Ernest. What, who is this a good fit for? What type of investors uh, should be looking at this? Obviously, mm-hmm. there's, there's a huge tax benefit in this, so it's, uh, it's for higher net worth folks, I, I would, would guess, but who uh, would be a good fit for investment like this? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the neat thing about this particular strategy is that you don't have to necessarily, you know, most strategies are, are basically based on the fact that if you're a business owner, there's a lot of other deductions you can take. But with this one, you can actually be a W-2 wage earner and still participate in this. It's one of the few things that a W-2 wage earner can actually use um, and receive such a such a, a sizable deduction. <clears throat> so typically, if you're earning anywhere north of uh, $350,000 a year, 
ten, three fifty, at four hundred thousand dollars a year, depending on the uh, the area of the country that you live in. You want to see a benefit with this, um, especially if you're a W two wage earner. If you are an uh, individual that owns a business or has uh, have self employed income, um, this definitely ain't going to go along with the other strategies that you're using. Um, again, anywhere north of three hundred fifty thousand dollars, anybody north of that is going to uh, we typically can help. Um, if you are in places like California or New York, you're going to see an additional benefit because California, the state, actually does recognize this particular deduction on the state level uh, income as well. So there's additional benefits uh, from your state income taxes um, and there in New York, North Carolina, uh, places like that. That's a, that, again, that's, a, that's an additional benefit. So, yeah, so anybody north of that amount, uh, regardless of what type of income that you're earning uh, as far as regular income, um, you probably can benefit from this. And we've last year was kind of a, a record year for us, and we, we helped out a lot of people in terms of helping them reduce the amount of taxes they're going to be paying. So accredited investors and um, yeah, just those two states that you just mentioned, if you're living in a very highly taxed state or a, a, a high tax environment such as California and New York, um, I mean, I, this is quite incredible that it's even recognized at a state level and had some additional benefits on top of the federal uh, tax uh, taxes. Yep. And so um, this is something that, um, you know, obviously you want to uh, make sure that you're, you're speaking with your, your own uh, tax, I won't say tax attorney, but your own CPA or uh, accountant. Uh, make sure that they understand it um, as well, because uh, even though we're not trying to take the place of your accountant or your or your CPA, our job is to work along with your current team to help you achieve whatever goals you have. Absolutely, yeah. This conversation is is uh, strictly for educational purposes, just to exactly. share this information that it does exist, what it is, how it works, and that the the, the tax implications. You should definitely please speak with your your tax professional or a tax strategist around this, um, and they will also share a little, you know, strategies around this and how this can fit into your particular situation. Um, a quick question, if, if listeners are interested in learning more about this and, and reading up on it, was there any books or resources uh, that you uh, found valuable on your journey or that you could recommend uh, to them? Actually, it wasn't necessarily books. What I did, which was uh, uh, a lot of people don't have this opportunity, is that I had the opportunity to sit at the feet of a lot of uh, super experienced uh, tax attorneys. Mm-hmm. over the years and I just sat up under them and, and absorbed as much information as it relates to the tax laws I possibly could. Um, so it's not really a particular book that you you can learn, but if you are doing your research online, you just have to consider the source that you're looking at when you are reading these articles because uh, some of the articles have alternative motives. Uh, again, it's like a, a, like a show like this that is for educational purposes is to let you know the pros and the cons of doing a particular strategy, whereas there are some people who write this only want to write the positive or only want to write the negative. Um, the wiki page on conservation easements is actually pretty good. It's non-biased. Uh, it has uh, complete information as far as the background of conservation easements as well as the uh, um, uh, how it can be used appropriately to help one to you know conserve more of the land in, in our country. Um, 
while achieving that byproduct of receiving uh, a tax deduction for doing so. So if you want to go to the wiki page, that's actually a really good place to start. And um, the Land Trust Alliance of America is another place to look at as well. That's so true because there's a lot of strong opinions when it comes to higher level strategies. There's a lot of strong opinions for or against online. So, um, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, be mindful when you do your research on that, on that as well. Um, now a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset of values and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Well, the, the number one commodity for, for me personally and me and my family uh, was the two biggest uh, commodities. The number one is love. Um, if you are walking around with a mentality of, of loving everybody that you meet, regardless of their background, regardless of what is going on in, in your particular life, um, and your ambition is to try to make the next person's life better just by coming in contact with you, um, you're going to find a lot of success. And then also you have to realize that the number one commodity in this world is not money. It's actually time. And the more time that you spend wasting it doing things that are not constructive, uh, things that are not um, building up to your particular goals, uh, time not spent helping somebody else become better other than yourself or become a part of something that's larger than yourself, uh, that's time wasted. And it's, you cannot get it back. If you lose a dollar, you can gain a dollar back here and there. Um, if you get injured or if you um, things go wrong for you, you can make up for it. But time is the one thing that you can never get back. So make sure that you are using your time wisely um, in a way that you don't regret uh, or, or resent the way that you spent that time previously. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing. Ernest, how can my listeners learn more about you? Where can they follow you um, and learn more about uh, what you and your company that, uh, provide and the value that you provide to the marketplace? Sure. So uh, you can go to our website, which is www.rognsconsulting.com. That's the Neesmith Rogers Financial Consulting website. Uh, you can find out more about myself and my partner, Marcus Rogers, who's also also a tax attorney and a CPA as well. Um, that's a good place to start if you want to learn a little more about us and, and what we do and how we help our community. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for connecting uh, and coming on the show and sharing your journey and uh, providing so much value for my listeners around this uh, very little known uh, investment uh-huh. clause and strategy. So really appreciated uh, having you on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you having me on and um, giving me the opportunity to share this with other people. Gold is one of the few financial assets that is not someone else's liability and has been recognized as money and a store of value for over centuries and used by the wealthy as wealth insurance. In a world where all countries have only fiat currencies and have a combined debt of over $247 trillion, gold is the ultimate form of wealth insurance. You can buy your own physical gold and silver at cashflowninja.com forward slash gold silver. That's cashflowninja.com forward slash gold silver.
Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives. situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.